Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by two handsome men. Woo! Introduce yourselves. Uh, you I'm Charles Rockhill. Sit up. <laughs> <laughs> Ian's already castigating people for their posture. <laughs> Did that would pick up? Is, is Charles Rockhill, are we done? Yeah. With, no, all right. Okay. And, okay, good. Great, great, great. I am... Christopher, what's my last name today? Dance. <laughs> this is Chris's second time on Slayer Fest 98. Yeah. And Charles is a first time caller, long time listener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to share my first episode. I'm very happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about two episodes. We're going to be talking about Inca Mummy Girl and Reptile Boy. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, but let's start off with like deep diving into Charles and Chris's experiences with Buffy. This is something we ask a lot of our guests to do. And we'll start with Charles. And we want to know, how did you start watching Buffy? What did you? What is the first episode you saw? Who introduced you to it? Um, I don't remember the first episode I saw, but I, when I was little, my mom was weird about TV a little bit. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons and stuff, so when we moved from one house to another, we just didn't have cable for a while, and my TV picked up two channels, and one of them was luckily the WB, and it was either that or watching something else. What was the other channel? Fox. So it was one of those two channels, and I watched an episode of Buffy, and then started talking to my friends at school about it, and found out that this girl who lived down the street from me was obsessed with it. So we would spend, from then on, every episode, the entire episode on the phone talking about it. <laughs> like, literally, yes. from beginning to end, just being like, oh my god, and com- only speaking during commercial breaks, but <laughs> definitely being on the phone the entire time. That's, yeah. So, like, what other shows did you, like, did you watch Felicity? Since those were the only channels you were limited to, like, I got Allie McBeal? Like, Allie McBeal, definitely. Um, not Felicity. Dawson's Creek. Okay. Which I gave up on after a couple seasons. Um... And I feel like there was a lot of, uh, that's when I found uh, Cleopatra 2525. Is that the name of the show? I don't even remember that. Oh, oh my God, with Gina Torres? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, um, like, weird, what's that, what's that, um, the guy from The Evil Dead, Bruce, what's his face? Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, Bruce Campbell had a weird, like, sitcom that was a time travel thing. The WB back then, especially on their weekend programming, was real weird. They were just like throwing anything they could. Anything that you could get. They were like, please watch this. I will not stand for this WB slander. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that you had mentioned Alan McBeal because when I was, by the time I was into watching Buffy, it was on the same night as Alan McBeal and I was living my first time out of home, my housemates, we would take the phone off the hook at 830 because at 8.30, Adam McBeal was on, and at 9.30, the practice was on, and then at 10.30, Buffy was on, so no one could talk to us for three hours. <laughs> Wait, Buffy was on at 10.30? Mm-hmm. really late. Yeah, all the good shows in Australia, they shunted back to te- past 10 p.m. It happened with every show I ever loved was played after 10.30 p.m. Weird. Wow. Yeah. Because they're assholes. What that a, seems so what late a, for a show geared towards... But what a night for Australian gay men. <laughs> it was, Monday night was huge. <laughs> wow. Oh, because then when once Angel started, they put Angel on... Did they put her on afterwards or the next night? Either way, it was a bumper viewing. That was lit. Early in the week, yeah. yeah. Um, so my origin into Buffy uh, uh, is actually the same as Ian's. My mum got me into it. Mm-hmm. My mum was like, I'm watching this show and I think you'd really like it. And I watched it for ten minutes... And went, ugh, 
It's Sabrina yeah. the Teenage Witch with less lighting. I am not interested. <laughs> um, and then about six months later, I caught a, a season two episode. Um, the episode in... Oh, are we just doing spoilers? We, yeah, we, yeah. We've, we've done a lot of spoilers. It's been a long time. Uh, the episode in which Jenny Callender is yes. killed. And it was the whole chase scene. I just caught it by accident and went, Oh, God, how boring. Oh, she's going to get chased. She's going to run away. Oh, she's getting chased. She's going to get saved at the last minute. Yeah, oh, no, he's got her. She's definitely going to die. Well, no, uh, waiting for her to get saved. She's going to save any minute. Oh, fuck, she died. <laughs> and then I was hooked. Because it was such a twist mm. in the narrative, you know? Because loves violence against women. Because <laughs> only, he's just like, oh, this is the like, show for me. Oh, one down. <laughs> because I only have those two channels too. Once Buffy switched to UPN, I didn't get to see the last two seasons until oh. they were on DVD. Oh, really? And wow. I was furious. Like I could, I. That's a common theme tantrums. among our guests. We've had several guests who have told us that, like, either when with UPN or like they moved, and when they like someone told us that when they moved, like. The new place didn't have WB. Yeah, like Adam Sass, whatever, like, and they, so, like, like, he only saw a few He only saw up to season four, and then they, like, didn't have the WB where he was, so, like, he never, like, he didn't see it again until, like, it was on reruns on FX. So that's another person also who introduced it from their mom, because Ian, oh, wow. so you said Ian and me too, yep. like, my mom introduced it to me with Anne was my first episode. Um, it was like she read about it I think like over the summer and it was like you have to watch Buffy oh. because season two was so great. Also, I don't feel so bad now if that, you know, Buffy was on in, in my country at 10.30 at night but at least it was on yeah. and it was on the same channel the whole time right? <laughs> people in America were not able to access Buffy but Australians had it yeah we had it six months later and at bedtime but we still had it <laughs> it's funny because uh, so the episode I did with my mom right I interviewed my mom I even said that like before I watched the show I can remember rolling my eyes at her because I remember her watching Becoming Part 2, mm-hmm. and her just sobbing at the kitchen table, watching Buffy, like, stab him Aww. with the sword. And, like, I hadn't watched it yet, so I just remember, like, looking at her and being like, oh my god, are you crying at that stupid show? And she was like, oh god, I love Angel! And, like, just crying with a bunch <laughs> of tissues, and me, like, rolling my eyes at her. And here I am, a hundred years later, doing a podcast about it, where I cry in every episode, so... Wait a minute, are you saying Buffy stabs Angel? <laughs> <laughs> um, come to think of it, actually, my mom also introduced. My mom really, really tried hard to raise a little gay boy because she also introduced me to Will and Grace. Really? <laughs> she like sat me down. And she was like, "Will and Grace is funny. Watch it." It's like my mom really wanted. She to had raise. an agenda. She I mean, really did. It was. I was. Re- I'm really surprised my mom let me watch the show because I couldn't watch The Simpsons. I couldn't watch Clueless when it came out. Oh, really? Clueless the show? The, no, the the movie. Oh, okay, because the show also the did show have I could watch. Um, <laughs> I, I can watch the movie, but like when I was five or six my favorite movie was pet cemetery that i watched like every day like how some kids watch the lion king every day right i watched pet cemetery every day and that was completely fine but no simpsons no pop music no anything i watched hocus pocus every day after school even when it wasn't halloween i had a vhs and it wasn't a copy of hocus pocus it was a taped oh it was like a, <laughs> oh, yeah. of a vhs recording from tape, the disney channel and it had three movies on it mm-hmm. they were robin hood men in tights <laughs> hocus pocus and this movie with Robert Downey Jr. called Heart and Soul. And that was all... Uh, excuse me! What? Hey, wait, wait. <laughs> Do not gloss over Heart and Soul. That excuse is a me. masterpiece. If you understood what this tape meant to me, you know that was one of my favorite movies. I just feel like not everyone knows it. I but never I it. I'm unfamiliar. Love yeah. that I love movie. that movie too. We'll talk about it later. But okay, Pocus, fine. But I used to watch Hocus Pocus every day after school. 
Anyway. Good for you, honey. <laughs> wow. I, I'm refraining from jumping in because this is not a podcast about movies we had taped off the TV on VHS. This is about Buffy. So. We're going to start a new podcast about Heart and Soul. It'll yeah. just be a weekly podcast where we talk about the movie again and again. Also, uh, Death Becomes Her on VHS, taped on the TV. Just mm-hmm. FYI. Just, yeah. Anyway. Um, back to Buffy. So yeah, back to Buffy. So we're here to talk about Inca Mummy Girl and Reptile Boy. Yes. Um, let's, I mean, let's just go in order. But they're both interesting. They're interesting to talk about together because they both really are about like teen dating and, you know, about how, you know, all of their dating exploits are going to be terrible. Yes. Shit like that. Um, Inca Mummy Girl is a, is is the second part in a, in a series long arc called Buffy Fails at Other Cultures. (laughs) (laughs) And all other cultures aside from American California culture are bad Mm. and, and bring evil unto you. Yeah, I'm saying, like, I feel like they don't, they don't even, they didn't even discuss, like, they're like, eh, Inca Mummy, that's fine. And they, like, didn't even actually discuss, like, nationality or, like, cult, they just were like... Well, also, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, I, I mean, I watched it and specifically tried to listen. I actually feel like they don't say Inca in the episode that often. No, they don't. Like, it's called Inca Mummy Girl, but in the episode they're just like, oh, mummy... Yeah. yeah. And also my other favorite thing is that like Empata during the episode, she I mean, I guess it makes sense because she is the mummy, but um she talks about like the history of her culture so casually. Yeah. And it's like it's almost painting it as if like every every person of color knows like their nationality, <laughs> their ethnicities, historical myths Especially, at the shop of Yeah, the like that plate when she and it's like how would she know this as a sixteen-year-old? Right. <laughs> they, they, yeah. When they hand her the seal for her to read, she's she asks them, "Why are you asking me to read this?" And to be just really general, Giles is like, "It's from your region." <laughs> yeah, but you know, then she knows, and she's like, "Well, yeah. it's this." <laughs> I feel like they were like, like in the script writing stage, they were like, "What? Well, where are we going to narrow, narrow it down to?" Ah, oh, don't worry, we'll just play panpipe whenever. <laughs> we'll just replace the specificity of the culture with just playing panpipe in the background. That'll, that'll cover it. It'll be fine. I mean, they all—it's the same panpipe they use for Africa in yes. Attack. Yep. Yeah, the, the, the pipist got a lot of work. <laughs> also on Buffy, when when she's reading that seal and she's like, "I think, I think the word is bodyguard." Like, bullshit! <laughs> there is a word for bodyguard. Guard? I Absolutely. But bodyguard? Really? I mean, is it a hieroglyph of Whitney Houston? I was just like, Incas were huge Whitney Houston. <laughs> they, well, for, they, they could tell... You know, like, Incan people were really good at telling the sun. They were also really good at, like, foretelling divas mm, that would mm. come into the world. Although, would it in fact be a hieroglyph of um, Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner. Maybe him holding her? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the body that he's guarding. Bodyguard. Fair. Yeah, that, that's, that's why it was so specific. That's why it was bodyguard and not just yeah, guard. A yeah. black woman in a way. This linguistics course I'm taking is mm. thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this episode is one of my lesser, lesser favorite episodes of Buffy. Um, because it does the thing that I hate the most that a lot of shows... <clears throat> like Charmed would do in every episode, where, like, here's this new character. You're supposed to care about this character so much. Look at the relationship all of the main characters are developing with this character. This character is dead. They will never be mentioned ever again. I don't think it does that. I think you're wrong. You don't think it does that? No. Why she mentioned again? No, because you're not supposed to care about Empata. We, as the viewing audience, know all along that Empata is the mummy. Right, but we're so supposed to just... feel bad for her. No. At the end, Xander and Buffy literally have a conversation about, like, Oh, Buffy understands what it's like to be the oh, chosen well, one. Oh, well, I think she's a device for Buffy to explore her inner feelings about being a girl 
who's chosen that could probably die early. And we spend so much time with her and Xander. Mm. And and a scene later with um, her and Buffy talking about how, wow, you guys really like each other. Like, even if she wasn't the mummy, isn't she in town for like a week? Yeah. Right. The other thing, (laughs) there's so many things. The other thing is like, if I were in the Buffy world and if I were part of Buffy's friends and I went to Sunnydale... I'd be suspicious anytime something seemed off. Like, if I were told I was supposed to get a male exchange student, yes. and Impata showed up, I'd be like, I think she's the mummy. <laughs> and she killed Impata. I just like, want to say that. Right, I'd be suspicious like, off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Anytime that any new person came to town ever, I'd be like, oh, you. You. Yeah. Are you the I'm big gonna, bad I'm this season? Watch you. Yeah. Are Hi. you the big bad this year? Yeah. Hi, I'm a new student. Go stand out in the sun. Yeah. First of all. Before, all right. Yes. Before I talk to you, go outside, and also I'm gonna stab you and see if you bleed red yeah. blood. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like of all, it's not one of my favorite episodes. But they, I think they do do a good job of making you kind of feel bad for her from Pata. Ugh, I just don't care. I don't. Yeah. I, don't care. I, I. I. That's. I still. Disagree. I, I agree with you, and I disagree with you. With Ian. people who are listening can't understand yeah. who I'm talking yeah. to. I agree with Charles, and I disagree with Ian. I think that you. They, what they do with Impata is actually good character work. Yes. And the actress playing Impata does a really good job as well. Mm-hmm. In yeah. In that regard, because I agree with Ian. Like, why are we supposed to care about you? You again. Even if you weren't a mummy, you're only staying for a week. But the actress is really. Um, endearing to watch and it does make you feel for her a bit yeah. and her her bouncy bouncy hair yeah as soon as the episode's oh my gosh, over I she's in a commercial less. she's yeah. a commercial for <laughs> Deadpool yeah she's the reason they got Dawn several years later because they kicked off she kicked off the fetish for long shiny bouncy hair <laughs> um but I don't know I don't know also I, the mummy in that's in the casket has a full head of hair <laughs> and well, that's also her concerning <laughs> Also, is okay. I said this when we were during the, the rewatch. Um, is it actually a mummy? Because it's not wrapped in anything. Is it not just a desiccated corpse? I, I guess Ink a Desiccated Corpse Girl isn't as catchy a title, but I feel like mummy should be wrapped up. So I think that's an interesting question. Let's vote. Do we think there's four of us in my time? Do we think the mummy in Ink a Mummy Girl is actually a mummy? I will say yes. I will also say yes. Um, I will say I'm going to Google it right now. Okay. All right. What <laughs> defines a mummy? All right. I'm sticking with desiccated corpse. Um, but I guess it wouldn't be as fun if it was just like an actual mummy. What does desiccated mean? Like Dried. Okay. That's what I thought it meant. I'm just being fancy. D- d- Inca dry girl. Oh, Inca yeah. dry. That's terrible. Oh, Wait, God. Don't, don't start. Look, but literally for the definition of the word mummy, a body of a human being or animal that has been ceremonially ceremonially what are words preserved preserved by removal of the internal organs treatment with natron and resin and wrapping in bandages so like so the bandages are part of okay. the mummy but but i would i would be willing mm. to accept ceremonially treated inca mummy ceremonially treated girl yeah that's better that'll do okay. yeah. yeah all and right if she has all of her insides removed ceremonially where does that twinkie go oh yeah well, maybe she, like, sucks people's organs out when she kills them with kissing. I mean, also, to be fair, I don't think mummies actually come back to life, so I think we should just, like... Also, when they ceremonially well. treat the mummy, they... Well, you know what? They well, by sti- that logic, people don't stick vampires. Yeah. Well, right. So then they can do whatever they want. <laughs> if she was ceremonially treated, technically her nostrils would be all fucked up because they stick a poker oh, right. up there and swizzle out the brain and pull it out through the nose. And I saw that Brendan Fraser movie, when that mummy first came back, she did not have a nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there... However, okay. Let's Mystery talk, solved. Let's talk about... Uh, I need to talk about the actual uh, desiccated corpse. Um, 
the eyes opening. The first time the <laughs> mummy's eyes open, which is creepy it and is disgusting creepy. and a masterful feat of engineering for a zero budget show. As a zero budget 1997 show. Yeah. It's be- it's better than it than it deserves to it be. It is. And you know there were like the special effects team were just high-fiving themselves right. for hours once they got that to work. Daryl, great job on the mummy eyes. Honestly, <laughs> like you just really blew it out of the park. I give, this week I want to give a high five to Daryl for his work on the mummy eyes. Employee of the week. <laughs> um, but okay, so the other big thing I think this episode is actually an episode about the worst character ever, Xander. Yes. <laughs> he is the worst in this episode. Like, he's he pretty is, terrible, and he's really bad. He has. What I'm now calling, because of Master of Season 2, he has Aziz Ansari Syndrome, where he's like, I'm just a funny, good guy. Love me. And, <laughs> and it's so fucking annoying. Yes. <laughs> it really is. Like, he's just like, ugh, so stupid. I can't. He's- and, like, we forgive a lot of teen Xander, because everyone's pretty awful, or, like, can be problematic when they're teen, but this is, like, extra terrible. Yeah. It's extra terrible. Like, this girl is here for a week, and you're, like, overwhelming her, trying to, like, give her the D. Like, you need yeah. to calm yeah. the fuck down. Yeah. But also, leading up to, like, re- the reveal that Ampata is a girl, because right, she than- killed the real Ampata... He's giving Buffy such shit for this guy yeah. having to live oh, with her. Oh, and then, yeah. as soon as she shows up, drops her. It's right. like, fuck everyone. I want this one now. He literally treats every girl around him as a prospect, except for Willow, and as, like, his property. Yeah. Yes. Like, telling Buffy, don't get fall in love with this guy, and then, like, the moment Pata gets there, oh, here's how you deep-throat a Twinkie. Like, calm yeah. the fuck down. Yep. <laughs> when she comes down the stairs to go to the dance, and he takes his hat off, I was like, he wouldn't do that. Why would he take his hat off? He's not a gentleman at all. No, he's not. He's rude. Um, also, they so they actually play off this in the next episode of Giles not letting her go to the dance. Um, Doesn't so wait? I I, I let, tell me if I missed that. Did did Giles not allow her to go to this dance, or did she not want to go? She didn't have a date. No, she wanted to go. Giles wouldn't let her go. Oh, okay, because she brings it up like three times, and she's like, "Well, I'm not going to the dance now." And he's like, "Buffy, I know that." Blah 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 blah. I'm so stuffy, give me a scum. Yeah. <laughs> she does that in this episode. I'm so stuffy, give me a scum. Yeah. They, Where she and, imitates him, yeah. They, yeah. I love when the Scooby gang imitates Giles and they just give him English stereotypes. Blah, blah, bloody blah. <laughs> um, okay, so <clears throat> Ian was talking about how this, how con- something from this episode does have consequences in the next episode because we see how hard... Uh, Giles is kind of pushing Buffy to be a great slayer, and that's something that Reptile Boy is about. Mm-hmm. And that kind of comes to a head with her choosing to like disobey Giles and go to a frat party. Um, and then hijinks ensue, but like the worst kind of hijinks. Yeah. Like, this is actually Reptile Boy is really interesting because it's like the first episode where Buffy seems like she's really in trouble because of a mortal boy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or a mortal person. Yeah. As opposed to supernatural people. Uh, capital N, capital G, nice guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and I, you know, like Xander resents those guys so much, but there's also a, a kind of thing like he resents them because he wants to be them. He yeah. wants desperately to be them. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when he's when he crashed the party and was wearing his like frat guy gear, he looked like he fit in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the, the fact that his 
quote unquote frat guy gear is a red polo shirt and, and <laughs> like, khakis. Sure, yeah, that's that's it. And also, wait, so before we get on to Reptile Boy, I wanted to mention how Inga Mummy Girl is the first appearance of Oz mm-hmm. and the first appearance uh, of is. Jonathan. So it's at the dance, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when Willow is dressed like an Eskimo. Well, we see Oz right before that because Cordelia's dating Devin, the really hot lead singer. Of Dingo's Ate My Baby. Still holds up to this day. He's so 90s hot. And he, yeah, I would still, still would, um, 100% without thinking about it. Um, she kisses him outside of Sunnydale. And Oz is there. And he's, like, talking to Oz about how hot Cordelia is. And Oz is like, oh, I like girls that are different. You like a girl that's just pretty and can talk. And he goes, like, they don't need to talk. Um, <laughs> and then he sees her again at the dance, Willow. And he's like, who's that girl? Um, which then... I don't. I think we see him again in Halloween. He drives past her when she's in her costume, and he's like, "Yeah, ooh, who's, who's that, that girl?" girl? Um, which is really also, weird introduction for him, just to be like a character that doesn't interact with anyone else. Well, he also he does see Willow when she's dressed as a ghost in Halloween. Yeah, he's talking to Cordelia, and Cordelia tells him not to talk to Devin about seeing her, and he's like, "Why can't I meet a nice girl like that?" And he bumps into Willow, um, dressed as a ghost, and not knowing it's her. Yeah. So um, it's it is a weird introduction because the show is blatantly placing him. In yeah. Place. Well, they're they they're gonna get together <laughs> because we almost never go outside of the main Scoobies. Right. Like Cordelia is a stretch to see her point of view even. So it's weird that like even though we dedicated fifteen minutes to I know. Cordelia's point. Well, of because view we love her. Episode. Because duh. <laughs> yeah. This this we've ha- we've had this controversial. It's very controversial. People are <laughs> are people are emailing us and whatnot because. This is a, which is like, we have to cop to it. This is a podcast that's run by Cordelia Stan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird and odd, but we all Stan Cordelia. I mean, I thought everyone really loved her, but I guess not. I was incorrect. <laughs> I love her. Well, who's not loving her? Idiots? Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> no, look, I know. Everyone's allowed to have their, their tastes. I, I get it. I just, I don't know. I find her adorable. Yeah. yeah. Um... Also, wait, is it culturally insensitive to dress up as an Eskimo? Uh, it, that is a school-funded... Cultural appropriation <laughs> dance at a bar. Yeah. Like, every they, they have the most offensive costumes. Sunny tells Lily, like, yes, dress up as whatever stereotype you want. Oh, yeah. Come to a bar. Because I'm surprised Xander didn't show up with, like, a, 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 a black exploitation wig on and, like, a pick in his hair. Yeah. It is essentially an entire party of Katy Perry's throughout the years. <laughs> like, dress up as Katy Perry's career. <laughs> Chris made that joke and it actually really got me when Cordelia walks up because she's like with her friends and literally he's like, oh, they're all dressed as Katy Perry. And yeah, they all are. <laughs> yeah, because Cordelia's in her like... Uh, uh, probably like Hawaiian maybe. Hawaiian, yeah. which... which, which psst, Cordelia, that's your own country, mate. <laughs> um, and then she's talking for a good minute to a girl in pretty much full yellow face yeah mm-hmm. yeah like oh, kimono yeah. the big wig and chopsticks um i'm surprised she Katie didn't Perry is secretly shit. influenced by season two <laughs> of season buffy. buffy well the girl saying oh, like, whatever it's whatever. Yeah. whatever but then there's the guy in the background dressed like a a, a hasidic jew yeah like oh. did no one no one <laughs> visually in this episode was just like maybe we shouldn't that even seems like dated for then yeah like right. i would feel like the like oh dressed up as a hasidic jewish man like even back in 97 still, right? uh, yeah, They so. would have been like, oh, wait, that one. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like, like if this dance were to happen now, every website on the internet would write about it. <laughs> yeah. like, every have school to see, has you, a hideous You dance. have to see this, the photos yeah. from this very insensitive high school dance. I mean, the, so in season four, when Anya wears the bunny costume, and that's very iconic, the figures, which I always photograph for our image art, 
they put out a Buffy and Anya costume figure, and then they also put out a Giles in his, like, Mexican costume. And it's really weird because it's just a variant figure, and it literally is the same Giles figure. They just, like, added a poncho and a sombrero. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was the last figure I got to complete my collection. And I was like, I don't really even want this, but I want to complete my collection. And I kept calling him Problematic Giles because, <laughs> boy, is it rough. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. Ian sacrificed his morals <laughs> just to complete a doll collection. Capitalism Action wins. figures, not dolls, Matthew. You know, square rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this podcast is now canceled. <laughs> Feud, Matthew and Ian. Um, <laughs> Someone call Ryan Murphy. It's a picture of us, like, standing looking angry and there's a Giles action figure in the middle. <laughs> Which one of you is being played by Susan Sarandon so I know who not to? Matthew, so not me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that's true. Jessica Lang is older. Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. And let me say, what time is it? The age jokes have come out all right. I'll just be going and you all can get fucked. Um, to, 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 to talk about Ian's uh, giving up his morals for uh, offensive problems. Oh god, I was like, what slutty story to tell her about? I love Eskimo Willow. It's problematic, but oh. I love her. She's so cute. She, well, she so puts cute. on a very cute face, the whole, that little, like, little mopey and face I, that she does is adorable. But I know, yeah. but, but it's... I know, it's... it. She, um, just, but also she's, she's literally holding like a whale a harpoon. Rusty harpoon. A, harpoon. a rusty harpoon. harpoon. Like, I'd be like, okay, I think the harpoon was, like, edit, girl. <laughs> Before you <laughs> leave, leave the, the house, house, take off take the harpoon. Take one bit of Inuit attire. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, though, that, like, that really, Chris and I rewatched them before recorded, and that did get both of us. Cordelia walks into the party and goes, oh, fashion faux pas, I almost wore the same outfit to Willow in her Eskimo gear, and Cordelia is clearly dressed in, like, a bikini and a lei. Right. And, like, Was it know. a coconut bikini? Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, of course. See? Okay. Um, but, like, for me, that really gets me as, like, a good, like, Cordelia. She's just so mean to poor yeah. Willow. <laughs> swish, swish, bish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh, okay. There has been too much Katy Perry in this podcast, and I know I started it. You did. Look what you did, you oh, monster. You oh. opened up a can of appropriative worms. Oh, no. <laughs> and then uh, Cordia's exchange student, Sven. Oh, yeah. They're so mean to Sven! The, first of oh, all, my God, sorry. I'm screaming that, but like... But when it, it when they reveal that he can speak English, and he must have, for this entire time, been giving Cordelia shit... <laughs> and just been like, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna let her be offensive, and I'm gonna let her look like an idiot, and I'm not gonna say shit. Right. Yeah. Can we swear on this podcast? Oh, yeah. You oh, can okay. say whatever the fuck you want. You Sweet. can say thrusty if you want. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I've forgotten that I muted that word on Twitter, and that's the first time I've heard it in weeks. <laughs> I also said it a way that I usually don't say it. I would usually say thrusty, and there's a big battle whether it's thrusty or thrusty, but whatever. This uh, is what, can we go back to the Katy Perry stuff? <laughs> <laughs> you. It's all your fault. <laughs> Um, oh. Reptile Boy. Um. That's what you wanted to bring up, right? For, you said to go back to Ink Mummy before we go forward? Yeah. Well, I wanted to finish Ink Mummy, and we should be finishing Ink Mummy. Oh, okay. Well, finish the plot of Ink Mummy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then, but okay, so, like, also Xander's a little bit too, like, I don't know, like, he doesn't... He's way too in love with her for yes. being with her for, like, four days. Yes. Yeah. It's like... And I think Charles said, he was like, was it you that said Cordelia's kind of a Trump supporter in this episode? Because oh, yeah. she kind of is, because she's like, she says to Devin, uh, he doesn't speak American about her foreign exchange student. And also then Joyce is a little bit, because Joyce says about Empata to Buffy, like, wow, she's only been here two days in this country and she's already fitting in. 
And it's like, mm. yeah, that is some okay, shady shit Joyce, from Joyce. Uh, Joyce might vote for Trump. I think season four or five Joyce wouldn't, but maybe right. season one two Joyce. But wouldn't. but I'll say this: I think Cord- I think if anything, the Whedon verse is a story about Cordelia becoming woke. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just this long story about this valley girl who becomes woke, and she definitely would say that because she's influenced by having like her rich father, yeah. her rich Republican father. Mm-hmm. But then she goes to LA and learns about diversity. Because wait, so <laughs> I know I keep bringing this up, but now we're in season two of Angel. And she gets her and Wesley when they first meet Gunn are so fucking racist. Oh yeah, you told me about this. And like they like treat him like he's robbing them because he's a black man. But it's weird because the show's calling attention to them being awful about it. But then by the next episode when Cordelia sees him again, she's like all over him and loves him and is her friend. And she ends up saving his life. And she's the one that like she can't find Angel, so she just goes directly to Gunn to save him. And it's really weird. But it starts to be like, oh, look, she is... Learning. Learning, mm. I guess. Right. Um, yeah, so I guess, like... Because I think by season three, Cordelia... And you're right. It's like the have, like having her dad go bankrupt, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, she starts to be more like... Of a, she starts to unlearn her privilege. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, we're not going to go on a long tangent about Cordelia again like we always do. Yeah, we can't let her take over everything. Okay, now, Reptile Boy is an episode that I think is a better standalone. I love Reptile Boy... Um, and I mean, we, we talked a little bit about just like what the premise is, like with her wanting to go to the party and this is, it actually is, we won't talk about that much, but this is a standout episode for Cordelia because she's always, we've talked about this before. She's like the one who knows the rules and how to be popular. And yeah. she has that sit down talk with Buffy about like how to get ahead in life and that you need college boys and what to do and what not to do and stuff like that. And so she has this macro vision of like how to climb ladders. What's is it? And her, uh, like her comic chops, Charisma Carbon's comic chops in that this episode are on fire. Yeah. Like that speech about what to do with your hair and makeup, try your best and stick to the shadows is is joyous. Doesn't but, she say chiffon is one of her signature oh yeah. look? Like, and spandex. It's like, girl, <laughs> what the fuck are you, are you wearing? <laughs> you a ballet dancer? What's happening? <laughs> chiffon, spandex, and the color black. The moment, the moment uh, in early in the episode where the two frat boys are in the car and say, who's that girl over there? Oh, that's Buffy, don't worry about her. No, go and get her and introduce me. The way Chris McCarpenter says, okay, um, is the fu- one of the funniest things she's ever done. And I, I think she's great for, in all the years she's in the, this and in Angel, but that was one of the finest pieces of one-syllable comic acting um, that I've ever seen. The end. All right. Um, okay, so Buffy lies to Giles. And Willow has some really... Really Willow outfits in this episode. But she also has the Willow monologue. She does. No, mm. it's great. And I'd forgotten it was in it. Like, I was writing this episode off the whole time because this is, I find this episode a little bit garbage. Yeah. A great idea, mm. but just a little bit garbage. Um, and then I forgot that this is where, like, this is the first time ever that she stands up, like, starts just shouting at people. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, yeah. It's great. Um,. Because we've, we've said it before, at the very beginning of the show, they don't give Willow a lot of agency or just, like, a stuff to do. Mm. And then, obviously, later it becomes the Willow show. Yeah. Um, but, so, I actually think that the way that she confronts Giles and Angel about their pressure that they're putting on Buffy is also actually one of the first times that I think Willow speaks to Angel about their, like, Angel and Buffy's relationship. Mm-hmm. Or anyone does, yeah. really. Yeah. 
like before there's it's still being kind of treated as flirtation like as far as we know the last time they really interacted i think was like when she was bad when like she kind of spurned him. well no i think is it this episode or inga mummy girl when they see each other in the um cemetery and she says kissing him makes her want to die she says something like really dramatic it's this episode this episode yeah. she sees him and is like right. When I kiss you, I want to die. And it's like, well, relax. Mm. Oh, and then she just runs off into the night. Yeah. I had a nickel for every time. To be honest, that whole scene, I was looking at it when we we were rewatching it. And that whole scene, it's like dialogue from a different show. It is, yeah. It's like sassy, sassy dialogue, sassy dialogue. And then this like real soapy, gross. Like like, gross. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's painful. That then culminates with when I kiss you, I want to die. Like, calm down. Yeah, it's really... Honestly. It was It was kind of like they had the script done and they sent it over to the WB for approval. They are like, we need one kind of really WB scene for the, for the trailer. Yeah. So can you just like ratchet it up a bit? Yeah. <laughs> and they were like reluctantly like, okay, fine. We'll say she wants to die. All right, but also speaking of that Willow scene, we're going to do a reading of that Willow scene. Woo! Yay! Who wants to be Willow? I'm Willow. Okay. <laughs> Who else is in the scene? Angel and Giles. All right, Angel Giles. All right, I get to be Angel. Oh, I get to be Giles. Oh, I've been I've been stereotyped because I just pointed. I, I just pointed. <laughs> it's like the same thing. It was random <laughs> casting, honestly. All right, hang on. I'm gonna move around so I can see. Ugh. All right, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Okay. Oh, sorry. I was I was moving. Okay. Um. So where are you starting at the mm-hmm. top? Okay. So Angel, begin. She found the bracelet in the cemetery, near the south wall. South wall? Willow stares at the window in fascination. Angel casts no reflection in it. What are you doing? Oh, sorry. The reflection thing that you don't have. Angel, how do you shave? South wall. That's near the college and the fraternity house. A fraternity? Willow nods nervously. Could they be taking these girls? Let's get out there. Giles and Angel start to go. Willow holds back. Buffy! We don't know that it's concrete. Uh, let's not disturb her until... Is there with Cordelia? They went to a party at the Zeta Kappa house. She lied to me? Well... Did she have a date? Well, well, why do you think she went to that party? Because you gave her the brush off. And you never let her do anything except work and patrol. And I know she's a chosen one, but you're killing her with pressure. I mean, she's 16 going on 40. And you... I mean, you're going to live forever. You don't have time for a cup of coffee. God damn it. <laughs> Angels and Giles are speechless. Okay, I don't feel better now. And we've got to help Buffy. She hurries out of the library. Jane, Giles and Angel follow shortly behind. Yeah, That felt amazing. I like that you added God damn it. I had to. It felt like I needed to. Improvising. <laughs> I'm now a voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> I now do accents. It's just mine, but <laughs> I do it. Are there ever any, any Australian characters on the show? No. Okay. Not a single one. Are there Australian actors who have bad American accents on the show? I don't believe so, no. Oh, damn it. Those are my favorite. Man. <laughs> what do you mean bad American accents? No such people exist. Anyway. Chris, do an American accent. No. Not on the spot. <laughs> um... Any of my other Australian friends that impersonate me just do a Ninja Turtle. Um, <laughs> that really is just how they impersonate me. Yeah. <laughs> my friends Shannon and Nick always say that me and my roommate Kevin sound like American sitcoms or Ninja Turtles, which is pretty accurate. 
Well, which is a compliment and an insult. Yeah, both. Yeah, <laughs> it's a compliment. I mean, I mean, technically, everyone sounds like an American sitcom because American sitcoms are filled with Americans, and you people are Americans. It, you, it, people. you people. <laughs> wow. Don't look at me and Matthew when you say that. Wow. Okay. We had enough racism in Inca Mummy Girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shh. We are here with two Incas right now. <laughs> Chris isn't looking at me. He's like, is your name Empata? <laughs> and pipes in the background. Um, yeah. Also, this episode has that really good Cordelia line at the end. <laughs> I yes. just hate you. Yeah, oh. when they save her. And she's like, <coughs> upset. And she's like, I just hate you guys. Okay, wait, wait. Let's back up to earlier in the episode, though. Okay. After this happens. Um, the real threat... <coughs> like, first of all, Buffy getting drugged is scary. Yes. It's just such a scary scene. Yes. And, I mean, this show is all about how men are terrible and every bad thing that they do to Buffy. But, like, seeing Buffy wobbly at a frat party oh, yeah. is, like, legit terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And then when she's lying on the bed and Cordelia's there... Yeah, that's like... Because at least you're like, okay, Buffy has superpowers, she'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, Cordelia's... Yeah. I'm just like, it's very upsetting. What happens? Yeah, it's, it's weird because, like, I... It, feel, it makes her, it like almost humanizes her because like, oh, she's knocked out. She can't just punch her way through it. Mm, right. Because any other time when, and they do, they do this thing a lot in the earlier seasons where like they might have, like when the guy punches her when she's chained up, like that would never actually hurt her. One of these like right, random. Some frat guy just like punching her. Yeah. So like, I feel like in earlier episodes they'll have, they could have someone like that capture her without her getting like drugged. But you always felt like, well, she literally can just punch her way out of this. Like, she'll be fine. But this is like, oh, shit, she's drugged and knocked out. There's no fighting she can do. So it makes it more like... Yeah, any any of the times that they take away her full power and either either leave her, like, half when she's drugged or when they take them away fully is are the more or more are the more terrifying episodes for me because I'm like what especially when I watched them the first time like what yeah, is yeah. she going to do? Mm. Well, I don't know if you know this, but Buffy is a show about power. Because <laughs> they don't really tell you enough. <laughs> mm. um, I have a Buffy shirt that's her face that says power underneath of it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, but no that that's what makes it so interesting is like Reptile Boy plays on that, as does Halloween, the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which really brings it to the next level with like I think it's the first episode they do where Buffy fully loses her powers Mm, um so yeah no it's it's really interesting like when we think about what has posed a threat to buffy it's like okay the master one of the oldest vampires in the world got the upper hand of her and killed her and now she's also been subdued by a teenage boy yeah (laughs) like that's the 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 viewpoint of the show that teenage boys are like dangerous as fuck (laughs) which is true accurate which is completely accurate it's just like it's so it's like so real for me in a way that a lot of the other threats are just Inca mummy girls. But also, didn't Xander crash that party so that he could, like, keep an eye on them and protect them? And then he doesn't do anything. I know. And then Xander... Z- okay, we talk- Xander tries to protect Buffy all the time. What yes. the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. Like, she's yeah. a million times shit. stronger than you, Xander. Like... But even in a time when she would need it, he's still useless. Yeah. He goes in to save her and ends up with, like, a double E bra on. <laughs> yeah. And a wig and makeup, having to do sexy dancing. Right. Yeah about to be like I feel like if this were real life he might probably be like I don't know wake up with like something in his butt isn't that like a thing frat boys do where they're really homoerotic about shit I'm not going to comment mm. <laughs> that's like a Veronica Mars they like do that they drug the frat boy and they put a 
Roger Mars is fucking fantastic. I know well, it they is. Did, they did have pledges in the background, like one dressed up as a French maid, one, oh, one wearing a diaper. Yes, yeah. they were all dressed yeah. up. That's in, like, like a, their humiliating ways. It's like a stereotype. Oh, they're definitely filming things you could find on RedTube. Yep. 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 And I have probably found them all. But um, all yeah. of them. <laughs> all of. You know, sometimes people feel like they've seen the whole internet in a day when it's like, oh, I've read all the news there is to, although these days it doesn't ever feel like that. And you're like, I've read everything there is to read on the internet today. Well, I feel that way about porn sometimes, so. <laughs> <laughs> so should we have an intervention about this? Uh, are you rubbing yourself or should we, or, or are you asking us to make more porn so you're saying uh, you to watch? Like, anyway, Reptile Boy, Matthew. Jeez. <laughs> So, okay, Buffy wakes up, and she's with Cordelia, and they're both chained with other girl next to them. Um, other girl? Is she the same girl that's captured in the beginning, or is that girl just dead? Is this just a random other girl? I think that girl's girl. just... It might be I feel like it's girl. the same girl. I feel like it's the same girl, actually. Um, which, hang on, which, which there is a scene early on that completely caught Charles off guard, which you need to then talk about right no, now, it, it opens the it opens the show, when she just... It's the close-up of the second story, and she just runs full force through the glass door and just dives off of the She's balcony. pretty good at getting away. And it's fantastic. It got me... I watched it the other day and I missed that somehow and then watching it just now I lost my shit. Well, like, it's also very terrifying. Like, it's very classic. Like, she's running through the woods. Yeah. She's running with, like, a broken leg after, like, fall... Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. r- jumping off saying sorry. And she's just being followed by, like, a hooded figure that's going at a, like, lackluster pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is still walking faster than she can possibly run. And then gets her. That's like such a, like a such a movie. And she's doing a good job of getting away. It's like almost yeah, what Sarah Chuckle really does in Scream too. I was just gonna say <laughs> yeah, that. Like that's true. Too. And then still gets yeah. Now Water when alert. when when Cordelia and Buffy both wake up chained to the roof uh, with with other girl, I feel I I know that the show has to go for forty something minutes, but. Um, Buffy spends a long time just hanging there, yes. looking at her chains like she couldn't just pull them out of the but ceiling. wait, isn't... I thought the whole time she's, like, trying to pull them out. She kind of goes... And she's, like, loosening it. Yeah. Mm, I don't think... Mm. Well, that's that's what I... Like, they do a lot of that in the earlier seasons. Like, that would have never flown in season five or season six or season seven. Like, she's chained up and can't just be like, Mer. Yeah. Like, right. when Spike captures her in season five, she literally just pulls the chains off. Yes. I also was hoping that I always hope in this episode that she'll pull the chains out and then use them as weapons yeah. <laughs> just like fling chains in guys' faces yeah. and just rip their faces off and shit. Like uh, a giant human whippersnipper. To also stop calling her other girl, her name is Callie. Callie. Yes. Thanks, um, Callie. But other wait, girl. What was that word you just used? A giant what? Whippersnipper? Whippersnipper? I don't know. What a weed whacker? Weed whacker. The thing you trim edges with? Oh, okay. Yeah. Or like a skip it, but dangerous. <laughs> yes! Mm-hmm. Like a deadly skip it. Mm. Alright, alright. I'm gonna write that down for an idea for a future story. <laughs> um, and then so we have the famous, the really good Cordelia line. But how does the episode, what's the note the episode ends on? We just watched it. It ends with. Um. Oh, they're back at the bronze. Yeah. And Angel gets that coffee um, yeah. with Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's weird because it, I mean, I guess that makes sense because they have to develop Angel more. It's always weird going back and watching, because I always think Buffy and Angel spent such a long time being doe-eyed in love. Mm. But they actually really didn't. Oh, they actually don't. If you really think about it, so this is episode five of season two. We are going to get to Surprise Innocence. That's like episode like 11 and 12. Yeah. So there's like six weeks from when they're still like unsure they're together. But she just told him when, he, when she kisses him, he makes her want to die. Right. And then about six weeks later... 
sex with her is so powerful that he loses his soul. <laughs> and like, yeah, because I always look back and think of it as like, oh, they were such high school sweethearts. Oh, they were so in love. But like, mm-hmm. really no. weren't. <laughs> um, as Matthew always points out, you shouldn't marry your high school sweetheart, which is why. Which is why I'm not hashtag team angel. Because <laughs> no one should ever end up with their high school sweetheart. I guess that. But then, then who are you team then? We actually... We're out of time. We shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> oh, no. We... Look at that. <laughs> do, you, do you have a problematic opinion about he this? He does. Oh, my gosh. It's the most problematic It's the worst opinion. opinion. Oh, no. Not him. Yep. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Get... Oh. If it's who I think we're talking about, I will stake you in the heart. <laughs> does he have a propensity for wearing green? Yeah. Oh. But I don't want her to be with her abuser. Hot this is garbage. This is like if Matthew said on air that he was a racist. Like <laughs> for I'm those like, who really, who for those who haven't yet gotten the innuendo, I my favorite Buffy relationship is Riley. Oof. And while I defend Riley because I think he served the purpose of being the like boring relationship she needed that was more like calm and whatever, even though Riley whatever, would get jealous, but, like, I think he served his purpose, but I don't, would never argue that. Let me just say this, because we, I do want to keep us in season two. Yes. <laughs> I, and I've said this with Ian, mm. I think that my answer to the question might be trash, but I also think the question itself is trash, because who Buffy is with is the least interesting aspect of yes, the show. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that, though. I do agree with that. Because so for me, true. the show because is The about, show is so uh, much more about alternate families, and, like, her friendships, and that's what makes her great, and it's not who she's fucking. I feel like a third eye is open up in the middle of my forehead. <laughs> that is blowing my mind. Yeah, I'm all right, fair. <laughs> Take it I can talk myself out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I have. What, so, what grade do you give the episode, Matthew? Well, I'll grade both, both Income Mummy yeah, Girl yeah. and Reptile. I will give Income Mummy Girl a C. And I'll give Reptile Boy a BB plus, like when that teacher would put like a slash. Mm-hmm. Charles, um, I would rate uh, Inca Mummy Girl a D. Uh, it's just <laughs> I, I, just, I don't. I'm I a don't, really easy grader. I don't, so. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Reptile Boy, I would. I would. I would give you a B if it wasn't for the horrible snake person costume mm-hmm. that we actually didn't talk that much about the horrible snake person costume because you can see it right where it's yes. like uh, where you can it, see where the shirt part of it ends yeah 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 and it looks like and that thing that like my big... nephew has that he crawls but through. i actually <laughs> thought that the makeup for the face was good yeah i feel like i'm critiquing like rupaul's drag race yeah. mm. like i'm like reptile boy <laughs> during the challenge you no i don't know what i'm gonna say <laughs> give me a second and i'll come up reptile with boy in the challenge you didn't make the scales fall from our eyes. <laughs> but when you... Fangs for trying, though. Yeah. <laughs> Reptile Boy is a horrible thing to call Alexis Michelle. Oh! <laughs> I don't watch Drag Race, so I don't get that joke. <laughs> Reptile Boy, in the when you had to kill Cordelia, you slithered your way th- to the top. <laughs> but when Buffy killed you with a sword, you... Really didn't rattle the judge's passion. <laughs> Lord. Ink Mummy Girl, you were wrapped with your performance. 
you're so what do you mean? Mean? But the runway left us dusted. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we have a spinoff podcast. Yes, now. we do. So, Charles, what grade you give Reptile I, if Boy? It, if it wasn't for the makeup and realizing that the villain of the show wasn't actually the reptile, but in fact the frat boys, um, I would give the episode a C minus. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. I thought you were gonna be a generous Mm-mm. queen. Well, this is also no. leading into my favorite episode, which is Halloween. Uh, so yeah. that's like a a plus for me. Okay. So I will give Inca Mummy Girl a C. Which I'll then bump up to a C plus because of the sheer um, likability of the actress who played Empata, and then I will mm. take off that plus because of that shitty gold lipstick that Buffy makes her wear. <laughs> uh, so keeping it at a solid C, Reptile Boy, I'm gonna give a B because great Willow uh, rant, uh, great comics Cordelia stuff, great actual threat, but also B minus because of the shitty costume. Uh, because of those reasons, thank you, Christopher. I will bump mine up to a C plus. Hey, congratulations, you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the only thing I knew that I was like, "Ooh, I can save that to use as a joke." That was the only like RuPaul thing I could and say. And I took it from you. And you stole it from me. So I give Inca Mummy Girl a D, and I give Reptile Boy a flat C. Oh, so it's right. great. So yeah, okay. yeah, a flat C. Katy Perry's only note. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Ugh. Harsh! Mmm. <laughs> bon appetit this podcast, you guys. God. <laughs> Alright, well, you can follow us on Twitter at SlayerFestX98, and you can follow me on Twitter at IanXCarlos. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Rodriguez. Matthew with one T and Rodriguez with a G and a Z. Uh, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Charles Rockhill, R-O-C-K-H-I-L-L. And you can follow me on, I think, all platforms, I don't know, uh, on Chrisopotamia, which is Chris, O-P-O-T-A-M-I-A. Chris Potato Mania, yes. Chris got it. Potato Mania, Chris Top Mania. You, oh my god, Ian is, Ian is trying to harm your brand. You could, like, sue him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to sue you, Inks, Carlos. Listen, bitch. Inca Mummy Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> <Rude>. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye.